Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols, and on today's episode, we have episode five of Golf Thoughts. We're going to tackle the subject of what you should think when you haven't practiced in weeks. But before we get into that episode, uh, just a quick reminder that you can go take the mental game assessment by clicking the link in the show notes. The assessment is kind of like one of those personality quizzes, but it's golf specific. It takes about 15 minutes, and I'll get back to you with a custom report as soon as I can. Uh, To those who have taken it already, thank you so much. I'm working really hard trying to get everyone's report back to them. There's been a lot of... uh, a lot of people responding, so that's a that's a great thing. Uh, but it hits my inbox, and I got to turn it around as quickly as I can. So please be patient with me. I'm I'm working on getting them back. All right, let's get into talking about what you should think if you haven't practiced in weeks. So going long stretches of not practicing has become an all too familiar position to be in for me over the last three years. Because playing is no longer my full-time activity, job, pursuit, or whatever you want to call it, what I used to do, I touch a golf club about once every week now. Good weeks for me, I'll get to play like nine holes with a player or two of mine, and I'll also get to the course to practice a day or two, Um, and we'll get into a a recent stretch I've had recently uh, of what kind of practice I've had. So some weeks can be as many as three or four days that I get to do something golf-related, but now that playing golf is secondary for me and coaching golf is primary for me, along with my other job that I I work for my parents uh, with some of the things that they do, getting to focus on my own game is rare. And honestly, that's totally fine. I've made peace with how often I get to go, and I could go more often. There's nothing really stopping me. It's not like I'm overwhelmed with tasks and and chores and things around the house and jobs and, and working. I, I work a lot and I work as much as I can and I love it. So I've made peace with that. Um, but the, at this point in my life, I just don't desire the grind of practicing as much as I used to. And I go through seasons of that. You'll go through seasons of that. It usually comes and goes with me watching golf or me having tournaments on the schedule that I want to play usually comes and goes with that. But being okay with that is a big part in my life that uh, I've I've had to learn to, to be good at. I've had to learn that acceptance. Um, and it's been really healthy for me. And I encourage you to do the same. But uh, to stay on topic, uh, to take it back to my own past, at my peak... I was practicing not just every week, I was practicing almost every hour of every week. My routine once went like this. And I'm going to I'll I'll read through what my routine used to look like for a day. So I'd wake up at 5 a.m. and 5:30 a.m. I'd head to the gym. From 6 to 7 I'd work out. I'd head back 7:30, I'd have breakfast, and then 8 a.m. I'm heading to the golf course. And I'm at the golf course at 8:30 every day. So 8.30 to 10.30, I'll do the driving range. 10.30 to 11.30, I'd go to the short game area. 11.30 to 12.30, I'd do some putting. And then 12.30 to 1.30, I'd actually give myself a break and have lunch. And then from 1.30 to 5.30, I'd walk 18, usually with uh, some some other guys that were members at the course, uh, Some a good competitive 18 holes. And then from 5.30 to 6.30, I'd work on kind of anything that I felt needed needed extra work. And then at 6.30, I'd finally head home, 
And then from seven to 10, uh, I'd have, I'd shower and eat dinner and finally relax. So that was basically a 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. daily practicing doing golf-related things. So I would spend over 12 hours every day doing something golf-related. That's what I used to do at my peak. This wasn't just a once-in-a-while routine. This was my every-single-day routine. I would schedule myself one day a week off, usually, if I was feeling decent about my game, and thank goodness for that because I almost fell apart as it was. I remember back then, I used to always be tired. Like, why am I so tired? I, you know, I'd, I'd go get an energy drink at the gas station during my lunch that I'd give myself, and I just felt like I was dragging all the time, and I never realized why. Well, why do you think? I mean, I look at what I was doing to myself. But needless to say, I practiced a lot. I never, ever took even three or four days off, let alone the subject of this episode of taking weeks off. And this amount of effort showed, quite frankly. As I detailed in my last episode about what to think if you need a new coach, I got to a pretty decently high level of amateur golf. So now let's fast forward back to the present. My golf schedule is very sparse now. And to reference the original subject of what to think if you haven't practiced in weeks, I have regularly gone weeks without practice. So I'm very familiar with the feelings during that stretch of no practice. And maybe you can relate to some of these. The feeling of the first round back, the feeling of wasting the first few holes of the round trying to figure out my game, or the feeling of being sore after hitting 30 balls on the range. I, I experienced that recently. These feelings are so frustrating if you've ever been familiar with a regular routine of practice or playing. So you're in that situation. You're wondering, what should I think? Should I, in fact, use the first few holes to try to figure out my game? Should I take it easy on the range? Should I dive back in head first? Should I go full on right when I get back to make up for lost time? The answer, like a lot of answers on this podcast, won't necessarily be a satisfying one. It won't be some magic pill that magically makes you jump right back to playing as well as you did last month when you were practicing more regularly, necessarily. I do believe this mentality can better help you handle how you're playing, be more okay with it, and actually play better in the moment because of your better mentality. So I think this can help, but it's not a magic pill. It's it's not magic, uh, but it can help. So the concept is this. You need to match the level of your expectations with the level of your effort. It's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Two E's, expectations and effort. You need to match them up. So in the scenario, your expectations are probably still high because you remember how you were playing recently when you were practicing more often, yet your effort level has clearly been pretty low hence the name of this episode. So you need to forgive yourself for your lower than normal level of effort and bring your expectations down to match that level of effort. So that's easier. That's easy to say. What does this look like? How can you match your expectations with your effort level? Well, it can be just a mentality, a general sense about you and an awareness as you go through your round or we can get detailed and give you actual practical ways to match the two up. Some people like the general vague mentality. I'm one of those people. I like a, I like a general vague state of mind. 
Others say, give me an actual activity I can do to do this. Give me something I can work with, something practical. We'll address both. So first, the general vague mentality, the one that I prefer for myself. How can you have a mentality that allows you to have expectations that match your effort level? The way I always like to go about it is to have a good self-awareness about yourself. If you're pretty in tune with your game and your body and the feeling of a club in your hands, like most of us are, we've been playing for a long time. Some of us haven't, and we maybe don't have that self-awareness. But if you are, then you know when you just don't quite feel comfortable. This self-awareness needs to be the trigger for you to say to yourself, ah, I know this feeling. It's not my favorite feeling, but this means I'm not quite where I want to be with my game. I know and can feel intuitively that I'm not there. But don't stop there. A lot of people get there. A lot of people start there, but they also stop there. They say, man, I'm just not feeling great. And they go pound a bunch of balls in the range. Or they try to work on their game for the first few holes. But what I'm asking you to do, what I'm, what I'm helping you do is not to stop there, not to be like everyone else. You need to use this in-tune feeling to adjust your expectations. Most people use this in-tune feeling that we all kind of intuitively have to adjust their effort level like you're cramming for an exam the night before the exam. I'm asking you to say, to accept the level of your effort and to say, I'm not going to magically move the earth of my effort level this morning during my range warm-up or the night before when I'm going to putt in my in my room. You can do those things because they're fun and you love golf and you're trying to always get better, but don't expect that to magically make you play better. So what I'm helping you realize is you'd be better off adjusting your expectations down rather than your effort like cramming for an exam up in a a last minute sort of way. So we're going to adjust your expectations down. So internally monitor when you notice yourself expecting more out of your game than you intuitively feel capable of. If you can feel your internal capability, then you can feel your internal expectation level. If you have that like self-aware, self-aware intuition of that feeling of you're not where you want to be, then you can, you can also work on having that in-tune feeling of your internal expectation level. So make that adjustment. And what, what does making that adjustment look like? Tell yourself that perfect golf just isn't viable ever. Like no one can ever have perfect golf, let alone right now because of your recent effort level, your recent preparation, your recent practice schedule. You haven't been practicing much. So perfect golf definitely isn't viable right now. So you need to lower that perfectionism and allow yourself to be imperfect and even more now than normal. Like you should not be perfectionistic ever, but especially now. A good phrase that I heard from Max Homa on the Get a Grip podcast, which I highly recommend anyone listen to that. It's such a good one. I think I've recommended it before. Max Homa is such a thoughtful guy. He's entertaining, and Shane Bacon is 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 an they, they're just awesome friends. You can tell. Um, but Max, being a good PGA Tour player, one that's won multiple times on the PGA Tour, has such a good outlook, a, a good 
a good way of explaining what goes through his mind. And he's been working on his mental game a lot recently. But something he said recently, uh, I believe it was before the final round where he won at Riviera this year, last year. I can't really remember when it was. But his wife gave him the advice to forgive yourself quickly. And I thought that was such a good a good short phrase that, that we can all take something from. Because if he's doing that as a player who no doubt practices for hours and hours almost every day, then how much more important that is for you having not much, not practiced much lately. You've got to forgive yourself quickly. And that's, that's a great uh, general mentality to have when you can have that internal intuitive feeling that your game is not where it needs to be. You know, based on your effort level recently, my game, I'm just not feeling comfortable. So I'm going to forgive myself quickly today. So second, the actual practical activity. And a lot of you will will appreciate this. A lot of golfers are very detail-oriented. They want something practical. You know, forget the, like, just talking about it and just these vague thoughts. Give me something I can do. And the spark for this idea actually started when I was talking to one of my players in a mental coaching session. He asked, is there something I can do, some activity that I can perform that will get me in this good frame of mind before an important round, when I know I haven't played very much lately? So he he was in this exact scenario that we're describing. He knows he hasn't played much lately. I think he, I, I believe he's from Chicago or he's, he's from up north. Um, and, you know, he's just coming out of the cold months and he hasn't practiced much, but he shows up to this important round and, you know, he's got a job, a family, and he he feels that importance. But he also knows I haven't practiced much lately. So what can I do? before this important round to get into a good frame of mind and and be able to have a good expectation level. So this pushed me into practical mode. I can definitely tend to be too much up in the clouds with vague ideas of how to think and feel because that's what I like as my as myself for my own game. I like the thinking and feeling and general mentality. But thanks to this player, we kind of collectively, he and I, came up with a good activity to do before every round. It's a self-evaluation you can do the night before or the morning of the, the first round of golf you've played in a while. So you could do this before every round. You could do this kind of weekly or monthly to take a, kind of a tally of your own game. So what you're going to do is go back through your previous month of golf activities and get detailed here. Write down all of the time you practiced, played, or played tournaments. And this is healthy just to have a, like, taking stats, taking note of your, like, kind of a journal of, or a diary of your practice. I think that's a healthy thing to do anyway. And some of my players do that, and and they get a lot of value out of it. But for this expectation and effort level uh, exercise, it's really helpful. So write down all the time you practiced, played, or played tournaments. Tally it up in hours. You can do something with this number, like give yourself tiers of expectations based on tiers of hours. Like make up a system for yourself. But really, this writing it down is just an awareness exercise. By simply seeing the amount of time you spent doing golf things over the last month, like on a piece of paper or on a screen or in your calendar, 
you will intuitively know what to expect of yourself. So instead of having that vague sense that I'm uncomfortable and my game is not where it needs to be, you can show yourself whether or not you should be comfortable. So I'll do that right now for the stretch of May 18th to June 18th. I, I picked a month of a time when I knew I practiced a lot, just to give you an example. So on May 18th, I, I hit range balls for an hour. May 20th, I had the practice round for the Carolinian Amateur. You might remember my podcast uh, of, uh, I think it's what a mental coach thinks before, during, and after a golf tournament. I think that was the name of the episode. I kind of live blogged, uh, podcast blogged my way through the Carolinian Amateur. So that was the practice round for it on May 20th for four hours. May 21st was the first round. That was four hours. May 22nd, four hours for the second round of the Carolinian, my final round, unfortunately, before the cut. And then a couple days later, you, you'll you be able to see here how much I ramped up my practice because I, wow, I played bad. I need to get better going forward to the U.S. Mid-Am this fall. I need to get better. So May 24th for two hours, I practiced putting and chipping. May 25th for an hour and a half, I had a lesson and I went to the driving range. May 26th for an hour, I went to the driving range. May 27th for four hours, I played a scramble tournament. Uh, Kind of a fun thing, not really practice, but it was a golf activity. May 29th for two hours, I... I worked on my putting and I went to the driving range. June 2nd for an hour, I went to the driving range. June 6th through the 8th for five minutes a day, I did some meditation. Um, And I've dabbled with meditation here and there since then. It's currently June 27th. And ironically, it's been about three weeks or so since I've practiced. Um, I've swung a few times. Like I've said, I've done meditation, but really haven't practiced much. But back to that month, that month stretch of kind of heavy practice, this gave me a total of 24 hours and 45 minutes over the course of that month. So I look at that and say that if I was playing a meaningful round of golf after, like at the end of that stretch, I could have some decent expectations of how I should play. But that's because I'm actually putting in the effort. And like I said, I usually ramp up my golf activities before and after a golf tournament because I realize how bad I play and how much practice I need. And I did play bad in that Carolinian. I I knew I would, and I feel like I had some good expectations at the at the time, but uh, I knew how much better I needed to get. Um, so going into the tournament at the beginning of that stretch, the Carolinian, I needed to lower my expectations to to look at these to look at this stretch of time. I uh, it, had I done this exercise before the Carolinian, I would have known like uh, practically and without a doubt how how much I needed to lower my expectations before that tournament. But instead, I kind of did that general intuitive vague mentality of I'm going to have low expectations. I'm just going to go out here and try to enjoy myself. I'm just going to go to try to have fun, hit some good shots. I did the first of the two methods for lowering expectations. I did the general mentality one. But had I listed out my previous month of practice, I would have seen I've only hit balls like the the week of that tournament and really not much to speak of before that. And that would have very uh, empirically informed 
my expectation level. My effort level's down here, I need to lower my expectations. I don't need to like go crazy working on my effort right going into this tournament. I don't need to wear myself out hitting golf balls. I need to lower my expectations. And then I'll get back to practicing afterwards. Because coming out at the end of that stretch, I could raise my expectations a little bit because of my raised effort level. At the end of that month stretch of 24 hours and 45 minutes of doing golf things, I I could reasonably raise my expectations a little bit because I raised my effort level. So you can see this practical exercise that you could do, maybe monthly. Every month, you know, from June, go back at the end of June and, and say, okay, what was my practice level what was my effort level for this month and whatever you're playing in in early july you can say all right this is what my expectations will be based on my effort level and and just keep a running diary of what you're doing or put it in your calendar just so you can look back and and see what you've done based on hourly effort level so uh we've detailed the vague mentality you can have or the practical activity you can do. Uh, how to actually lower your expectation level down to the level of your effort. So this is how you can adjust your expectations, but I should explain why you need to adjust your expectations. And this is the more important, the more mental golf showy type of uh, explanation uh, that I would rather get across to you of why you need to adjust your expectations. So for those analytical people, again, there's a formula that I like for this. Expectations minus effort equals frustration. I'll say it again. Expectations minus effort equals frustration. The larger the delta or difference, the larger the difference between your effort level and your expectations the more frustrated you'll feel. And you can check my math on this. Think back to the last time you had super high expectations, even though you hadn't been playing or practicing much recently. Were you easygoing, having a great time, just chilling and relaxed? I kind of doubt it. If you're like me, you were trying desperately to play up to the level of your expectations. I can think back uh, to, let's see, to kind of name drop a little bit to humble brag a little bit or just brag not really humble i i played in the 2018 usam at pebble beach one of the all-time best experiences of my life i was exempt into it from the 2017 us mid-am runner-up finish and as you know from listening throughout the years of this podcast is during that mid-am i had the realization that like Pro golf is not really something I want to pursue. High, highly intense competitive pressure is not something I want to subject myself to all the time. So I kind of put the clubs away for a long time. And I played a few things before, like in 2018, before August for that USAM, but mostly I really didn't practice much at all. And looking back, I have some regrets. I wish I had tried a little bit harder, uh, had a higher effort level. But I went to that USAM still with high expectations. I'm the, I just, my previous USGA event, I was a runner-up. I'm one of the big wigs at this tournament. And all these things that I, I 
amped up my expectation level. It's Pebble Beach. It's Spyglass. It's like, I want to play good. I want to do it again. I want to get in that, uh, that arena again that I was just in. And I'm, my expectations are way too high based on my effort level because I wasn't playing or practicing that much by choice. And, and what happened when I was there, it, it led to a lot of frustration. My expectations were way up here. My effort level was way down here. So expectations minus effort equals frustration. And like I said, the larger the difference between my high expectations and my low effort level is the more frustrated I'll feel. And that I can fully attest to. And maybe you can too. Because what it did, what it practically did on the course, it caused me to fight through the first several holes, trying to find a game. I feel like I might have found something on the third or fourth hole. So I attempt to try that for the next 10 holes only to continue struggling. And I finally give up. And I don't know how this bears out on my scorecard, but the feelings were, you can't argue with the feelings I had when I finally gave up that fight and I let go on like the 14th hole or something. I finally started hitting the ball better and making some putts and enjoying myself. And like, look at this, it's Pebble Beach. And instead of like grinding and being frustrated the whole time. And this in all likelihood was because I actually relaxed my expectations down to the level that my effort had been. My expectation minus effort formula equaled zero at that point. And that zero means zero frustration. And that's that's just something, that's an example I went through, a, a real life time, a life experience that I went through, and I'm sure you can attest to that. And that was an extreme version of, it's been 10 months since I played really at a high level and did any kind of practicing, and I'm jumping into one of the biggest USGA events on the calendar at one of the best golf courses in the world, and and that's an extreme example, and that's that's an extreme extremely difficult version of trying to lower your expectation level that was that was really hard and I wasn't prepared but now if I was going into that one I would raise my effort level I would know that in advance and I'm gonna say I need to practice for the three months leading up to this but also I would be able to take an internal audit of myself and say my expectations don't need to be this high I've practiced sure now I'm gonna go out here and and just play and match up my expectations with my effort level internally. I, I have that intuitive sense in me that I, I will be able to do that. Now, with that being said, you need to be careful not to go too far the other way. If your expectations minus effort formula equals a negative, like your effort, your expectations are below your effort level, that means you are apathetic. Your expectations are so low that you don't even really care where the ball goes, and you end up losing your grit and not even fighting through difficulty. You may even give up. So there is a balance, and it takes some internal experimentation to find where that is for you. And a lot of us don't struggle with this, of having too low of expectations. Most golfers, especially myself, I can, I can say, and the players that I work with, they get their expectations too high. But a lot of times in the middle of the round, you realize you have that moment where, you know what, I'm going to just let go 
and just play, but it's you've played so bad that you basically give up and you become apathetic. And then you your round doesn't end as, as good as it could otherwise had you kind of stayed in it. So you've got to find that balance where expectations and effort level match up. It's going to require some experimentation. And that's, that's what I try to do for you. So ideally, you would practice a ton and be able to have expectations to match. That's when you're at a very high level of golf for your own potential. And that's an ideal situation. And back to my own schedule when I was at my peak, that's what I was able to do. And in fact, I would my effort level was so high that my expectations could hardly match up with it to a high level. So I would go out really relaxed in a golf tournament, not to an apathetic level, but to a really healthy level of where I could just let go and let my golf, let my effort level do the talking. And it was a really, a really healthy place to be and, and somewhere I hope to get in the future. And, and you don't have to practice 12 hours a day to get there. You can practice two hours a week and get to that balance and get to that healthy level of, okay, I've practiced. I've practiced when I could. And I've practiced by choice at this schedule. And now I'm just going to let it go. And I'm going to lower my expectations down to my effort level or maybe slightly below my effort level. So I want you to use this, these ideas, these tips, these uh, my own experiences to find your way through this issue of how much you should be expecting of yourself. As with most of these episodes, you should you you usually leave with more to work on than you came with. But that's what I want the point to be. That's that's what I'm going for here. I want to help you be more self-aware and then give you tools to work on what you notice with your self-awareness. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Mental Golf Show. I'm Josh Nichols, and I'll catch you guys next time.